Okay, it's uh, February the uh, 24th, and I'm interviewing my dad. And uh, first of all, he could tell me his first, his full name and age, and where he lives. Ooh. And don't laugh. <laughs> okay, who are you? Well, my name is Richard Marcel Baudry. Okay, and where where were you born and uh, what year? I'm 65, born in 1933, January the 14th. And where were you born? I was born in Cache Bay, brought into the world with Mrs. Stewart as a midwife. And were you born at home or in a hospital? I was born at the place of residence, at home. And uh, how many kids were you as far as, well, first of all, who were your parents? And you could describe each of your parents. My parents were Lila Baudry and Conrad Baudry. And where were they born, do you know? My dad's name was, uh, wait a second, my dad's name was Conrad Lara Baudry. My mother was Lila, and I forget her middle name. But, I, have uh, I have it. But uh, her mother's maiden name was, uh, is that My mother's parents were um, Herman Schultz, but I can't remember my grandmother's name. But she was a brunette. And where were uh, your mother's parents from originally? Schultz sounding German. They were from Arnprior. And before that? Were their parents from? You had a story about your great-grandfather or your grandfather? Yeah, my great-grandfather left Germany. I guess he deserted the, the army there. And he, um, they were looking for him all night. And I guess they were on horseback in those days. And he was laying in the edge of a creek in ice water. And he managed to go down the stream and got a... a and come overseas to the new world. So that was your great-grandfather or grandfather? That was my great-grandfather and then he married and I don't know the all particulars there but uh, my grandfather was Herman Schultz. So his father is the one that uh, left Germany in away from the, the German army. Yeah, during the Boer War. Oh, during the Boer War? Mm -hmm. Oh, and what kind of trade? First of all, what was your um, your grandparents' trade, your grandfather's trade? What did he do? Do you know? I got no idea what his trade was. I know uh, Grandpa Herman, he was in the... Uh, logging business like oh, so he, was a he worked yeah he worked at uh, uh, 
A.B. Gordon Mill in Cass Bay. Cass Bay. So any place that was a mill, or this is the kind of work he'd do, so, lumbering. So that was Lila, your mother's parents. Your father, her father was a, like a logger, or he worked in the mill. He worked in the mill, yeah. Uh, okay, and what about your father, Conrad's parents? What were they like, and what were their names? Well, my grandfather was... Uh, Azidas, that was his last, Azidas Baudry, yeah. and married Azilda Brazal. Yeah. And they, they had lived on a farm in the in, uh, Werner area, and then they left that, and they went in to uh, work at E.B. Gordon's in Cashby, in the, in the mill. What, did he also drive a taxi at one time, your great-grandfather? I that? don't recall if he drove a taxi. Oh, I remember reading something about that. And so did you see your grandparents often on both sides? Um, I hardly ever saw them. I can just vaguely remember my grandfather when I was at home until I was six years old. And... Uh, I can just vaguely remember him, but I can't even remember uh, my uh, grandmother on my mother's side. And what about your grandfather, Schultz? Didn't he have a big mustache or something? He smoked a big pipe. Oh. Big crooked pipe. And he'd get in a rocking chair. And that's all I can remember. Of course, then I was only about maybe five, four, five, or six years old. And what about your mother? Uh, what was she like when you were young? I can't very well remember much of my mother, except that uh, I know that uh, when we end up going to the, sh the children's aid, um, I never even saw them then until I was maybe about uh, 16, 17 years old. What about your father? Do you remember him raising you before you were with the children's aid? I don't remember much of my father either, except I know that uh, he would go away and work in the bush camps, and then he'd come back, and then that's about the only time I'd see him. So, do you remember any time at night, maybe uh, your mother cooking meals or family life at all? I don't remember much of family life. All I just remember was looking after my my brother and, and sister, and that we were alone sometimes. But that's all. And you had? Uh, did you not have an older brother before? I had a brother who was born before me, and his name was Marcel. And what happened to Marcel? He he died with pneumonia. How old was he? Barely a month. And then after he passed away, then um, there was you, and who came after you? Jeanette, and then it was Roger, and then when he got adopted, his name was changed to Ernie. Okay. And then uh, what happened when you were left alone one time when the children said, what, can you remember all about that? No, I can't remember much about it, except that I, would, I had to uh, keep the fire going or find what wood I could and uh, to keep the house warm and 
changed uh, Ernie, which was Roger at the time. And he was very sick. He was like bad colds and runny nose. I can remember that. Did he have eczema too, quite bad? Yeah, he was like, loaded with eczema at the time. And so how long were you alone with your brother, taking care of your brother and sister, and how old were you? I was six years old at the time, and uh, that's when the family broke up and we ended up at the Jones Aid, but I can't remember much like what we ate or anything like that. All I know is that I would pack them both up, put them on a toboggan, and bring them to my grandmother's place. And we'd get fed there sometimes. That's all I can remember. Where were your parents? I got no idea where they were. Hmm. No idea. And uh, but I know I went to my grandma Baudry's, and uh, they didn't live that far away. But I had to bring pull them over on a toboggan. And so, why is it maybe like the children's aid? Why wouldn't maybe your grandparents take care of you? I don't know what transpired then. All I know is we end up in North Bay at a, at a shelter on First Avenue in North Bay. So all three of you were taken away by the police, or was it Children's Aid? Was it, I think it was the Children's Aid. And they came into the house and bundled you up? All of a sudden we were on a, in a vehicle and we were gone. I don't even know what kind of a vehicle. I guess I was too young to, and too upset to know what was happening. Mm -hmm. I just don't know. So you didn't see your parents at all then until you were 16? Uh, 16, uh, about that. Do you know if they tried contacting CAS to try and get Juice back? I, that I don't know. I know one of my aunts come to see us at the shelter. What aunt was that? Grandma's sister or Grandpa's no. sister? It was uh, my dad's uh, sister, Louise. It was my Aunt Louise that came. She seemed to be very well off. I know she had a nice big coat and they had a nice car. Nice car for those days. Now you're talking back in 1940s. See, 33 and 6, 39. In 1940, you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Those times were kind of rough. Where do you know that your parents went to? I have no idea. I know they were in uh, Sudbury, and uh, I know uh, my mother took up with uh, Baltica Stange, and uh, they lived in Virginia Town for a while. Then they moved to Mark's Day and stayed there for a while. And then he went to his old homestead in Chemisford. And they lived there ever since for 40 some years. And what about your father? Where did he go? Do you, do you know that he left town too? I didn't know if my father, had, where, he was, where he was at all. But I found out later that he was in, Montre in Montreal and he worked at, in a nightclub. 
and he worked at the downbeat off uh, Peel Street, just down from Stanley, Montreal. Was that a bar? It was a, a, a nightclub where there was entertainment. I remember Perry Como was just starting out then, and he come there. I went there when I was about 19 years old, and uh, Perry Como was singing Begin the Begin, and that's where my dad says, that guy's going to go places someday, you know? And he liked that song, Begin the Begin. He'd always get him to sing that. Yeah. Uh, as far as um, before you were taken away by CIS, do you remember when you were little, even playing outside at all, with when you were still with both of your parents? Did you play outside? Did you have any trucks to play with? Or? I don't remember much about uh, toys or gifts or or Christmases or things like that. No. I got hardly any re recollection of that. And then when we went to the shelter when I was six, you just played with what you had there or what other kids would get. And uh, I know there was an awful lot of kids there and we all sat and made a long table and that night there was, was constantly crying. There was kids constantly crying all the time. And then just, and then it just seemed like a year. It wasn't even a year that uh, I guess it was just a matter of a month or so that uh, Ernie was gone, and then a short time after that, Jeanette was gone, and they wouldn't tell me where they went. I know Mrs. Munn that was at the shelter. She liked Jeanette and would have her. She take her in to sleep in her bed with her, you know. And uh, I guess she took a shine to Jeanette. And then Jeanette, she got adopted too, but I had no idea where. Uh, do you, when you were at Children's Aid Society, did you sleep in uh, a big room with a lot of beds and all boys, or was it all mixed and girls? I think it was all boys. And, uh, but the girls' room, you could hear the, from their side, too, and you could hear the crying. So that was every night, kids crying? Oh, all the time. It was, they were all, always crying. Were the, the... It was hard to sleep. It was hard to sleep. Were the people nice to you, though, at, that ran the orphanage in North Bay? Actually, they were reasonably nice. Some of the uh, women that came there, there was an Indian woman that taught me a poem there. I remember uh, she was very pleasant with the kids. This she was a native Indian woman? Yeah. And uh, I just can't recall her name. So she taught you a poem. Do you remember it? Oh, I remember the, the poem. And all the time I thought it was an Indian poem, I think it was a Chinese poem. Right? <laughs> Ticket, ticket, tambo, no sarambo, tira, tira, booski, minikano, minikano, tortabarda, coo. Remember that? No? And that's the poem she taught you? Yeah. Is, is that Chinese? I don't know what it is. <laughs> I think I think it's, I always thought it was uh, native, but I don't think it is, not with the sound of those words. Did you make any friends? You were six years old in the orphanage in North Bay. Did you remember playing with any friends that were your buddies? Yeah.
Yes, uh, there was the uh, La Rose girls, and uh, they were, they seemed kind of sharp looking, they, and they took up figure skating. They tried to get me into this uh, step dancing. I remember Bishop Dignan, when I was doing my confirmation, I had to make a recite, the boy stood on the burning deck, and he shook his finger at me and told me, you got to do it. And I, he, he frightened me a lot anyway. <laughs> Anyways, I did it. <laughs> and uh, I had to step dance a routine. And everybody clapped. I didn't think it was so great. <laughs> So you had some friends that you you played with, anyways, and did you you celebrated. How long were you at that orphanage in North Bay? Let's see, that was Barb and Joyce and Rose. When I think of those girls, I don't know how come I remember their names because that's a long time. And then there was another boy, Ken. Can't remember his last name. And there was another kid that was quite big. Real stupid. He'd throw knives at everybody. Jeez. One just missed me. I don't think everybody was afraid of him because he was he was mentally not there. I know that now, you know, but at the time he was just a violent kid, you know. And he was at the orphanage? He was at the orphanage. Yeah. But they didn't keep him there long. I guess they were too scared for the other kids. Um, so it was Ted Dunn. Ted Dunn was there with me too, and he and I we booted along quite a bit. What do you mean you booted along? Like we we seemed to go to the same places for a while. After they just sort of after they sort of got rid of the orphanage, I don't know if they got rid of it, but all of a sudden they decided they have to get us out of the orphanage. So how long were you at the orphanage? I was at the orphanage from when I was six almost till I was twelve. Did you not go to any foster homes uh, it, from age six to twelve? I was in the shelter. So, um, how did what did you think when you realized that uh, Antoinette and Uncle Ernie were adopted? Did you? How did you feel? I felt terrible, and uh, because I remember. I was looking after them when I was younger, and I felt a loss, but I didn't know what it was. I sort of rebelled, I know that. Mm -hmm. I'd barrels and everything. What? I'd go outside and just make a lot of noise and and uh, try to get some attention, I guess. That's the only thing I can think of, but I never did find out where they were for the longest time. At this day, do you ever still, are you angry at CAS? Not telling. Okay. I don't see No. Okay. Being angry. Yes. No, I don't think I was angry at uh, Jones Aid. It just wasn't in me to. I'd be upset about something, but I wouldn't be angry as as such. There was just some some older people there that uh, they weren't all that pleasant. But uh, Mrs. Munn, that was looking after the place, 
uh, you know, like she, she'd like some kids and would like others, but I don't think she liked me very much, but, uh, but she did like Jeanette until Jeanette moved. But I, I think I was kind of an active kid because sometimes I used to run on, uh, on top of that three-story building. I'd run all over the roof and, and I'd jump from one house to the other. Were but, you uh, running away from the orphanage, did you think? No, I didn't think I was running away, but I would take off and I should get reprimanded for it. I'd go to that little creek that, I guess it's Chippewa Creek, and I'd go up in the hills back where the bypasses now but there was no there was no homes or no bypass or nothing then and uh, there was trout in the stream so I know that so you would take off out of the orphanage and just do your own thing and then get in big trouble well I wouldn't say I guess at the time I fear of the unknown was more than anything but say I was beat or anything like that, I don't think so. Were any kids abused? I would be, um, I'd, I'd get shook, they'd shake the hell out of you, you know, but I guess who, would, who would shake you? Well, somebody that uh, had authority. Mrs. Munn might a little bit, but not too bad, I guess. She had some sort of uh, feeling for you, I guess, I don't know. Who, were you afraid of anyone there, as far as the, the authorities? No, but I just was sort of mad at everybody in general because Jeanette and Ernie were taken away. Yeah. But uh, there were some people that were nice, like that Indian lady there. She was a girl, I guess. I'd say a lady, but she might have been like 18, 20, who knows. Was that her, her job to work there or just to volunteer? I don't know if it was her job or volunteer or what, but she was there. And she might have been one of the people that stayed there at one time and just worked there after. Who knows? So were there any abuses going on in that orphanage? I'd say yes, there was. Yeah. What kind of abuses? Well, I don't even want to talk about that. So because uh, like I'm too young to uh, know what's proper, you know, like, and it's too many years. And was this done by the people that ran the place? Well, some of them that worked outside and are inside. And uh, wasn't, it wasn't that bad there for the people right there. You know, there was always some, but they either get caught or reprimanded or something. Physical violence, you'd say, abuse or sexual abuse? Well, I guess it was a little bit of both, but the, the, the physical violence wasn't that bad. I didn't. Did, you, did you feel like you could wish you could stop it? I wished I was the mayor. That's what I wished. In fact, I, I often wished I was wondering why I was even around, you know? So you felt depressed or suicidal? Well, I'm not suicidal. I just didn't feel like being there. I didn't know what I wanted, really. But I know I wanted something better than where I was. And did you pray a lot? I think some ways I did. 
because I... Get down on your knees, but just ask for help. Well, it was something I was doing, like, in that regards, but uh, to say an actual prayer, yeah, I'd say the Hail Mary and things like that. Did you, uh, were you angry at your parents? No, that never seemed to cross my mind about being angry at my parents. I, I don't understand that. Well, I mean, it's, it's just that the things happened and they happened and we we're gone, you know. I just vaguely remember some things that weren't very nice at home. Was there drinking and violence when you were young that you maybe yeah. walked out or? Yeah, there was there was drinking, I guess, but say six years old, how can I label what's drinking and what's not? But I remember there was violence and I know I got hurt a few times. By your father? I got no idea who it was to this day. So you were young and maybe one of your parents was disciplining you or something? No, else? it was had nothing to do with discipline for me at all. I just got kicked around, you know. But uh, before you were taken away by CS? Yeah, before I was taken away, but who was doing it at the time I, like I was so frightened, you know, like Probably going to the shelter was better than staying at home. Is that why you feel you weren't, you're not angry at your parents because you felt, why? Who knows, it could have been a knuckle, could have been some visitors or something. Was pounding the hell out of me, you know, like at the time. I remember being kicked and things like that. Before you were six? Before yeah, you were six? When I was, yeah, up until I was six. Up until I left, you know? So is... So how do you feel about your parents? How did you feel about your parents feeling that, you know, they weren't there to take care of you and your brother and sister? It didn't seem to bother me. I just, uh, I knew I had to live and go on living. And uh, I always had a feeling I'd like to get really good in school and get a, a good job or something when I was older. I found this out later when I started moving out, moved from the shelter and started moving into these foster homes. So you were 12 when they more or less closed the orphanage down and then... I don't know if they closed it right then, but I know they, they moved me out because they might have had something to do with age. And then I went to live with Burns on Brook Street, North Bay, that was the first place. Can you tell me about each of the places that you lived and who they were and what did they treat you like? Actually, the Burns, uh, they were sort of easy going. She was a big woman. She had two boys. Bob, one was Bob, and the other was Charles. Of course, that was their home. And uh, they weren't all that bad. I know that Mr. Burns, he made a garden, and he had produce, and I was required to go out and from door to door to sell it. One time I got bit by a big coley pretty bad. And, uh, but uh, really they, they, they weren't too bad with me. It's, uh, the only thing I remember is that this one Christmas, um, Bob and Charles, they, they got a lot of presents. And uh, I don't know how come, but that year I got a set of skis from, it was through the children's aid, I imagine, unless it was from one of my parents or an aunt or an uncle, I don't know. Anyways, it was given to me, and I know it wasn't by Burns. And they had all kinds of presents, but that didn't bother me. What bothered me more was when 
when Charles, he had all kinds of presents, and this one aunt gave him $10 cash. And then, you know, you could buy a pair of skis and a pair of skates and still have money left over, you know, in those days. And I couldn't understand what the hell he was crying about that she only gave him $10. Were you happy now you were in a foster home and away from the orphanage? Yeah, I felt a little more, a little better going into um, foster homes. I didn't, you know, like, at least you could sleep and you wasn't crying all the time. And, and it was such a big hustle bustle and meal time, you're all sitting at a huge long table and then they come in, you know. And a lot of times you didn't feel like eating, you know. And, and then if you didn't eat, well, no, nobody's going to worry about it. So you didn't eat, big, big deal, you know. It was there for you, I guess, you know. After the burns, uh, who else, where else did you move to? Well, that one fall there, I was, uh, we had an early fall, and I guess the lakes froze over, and I was out skating, and I can remember on that highway going to Ottawa, just outside of North Bay. We were skating from one lake to another and there was hardly no snow, but there was ice all over the lakes. And this one fellow had a 22 days out hunting and uh, it was Bob, people I was staying with, he was with that guy and the other one was uh, Fitzsimmons. And I remember him, I looked over towards shore and I had taken my skates off and I was walking back because my feet were sore. The, I guess the skates didn't fit too good. So, uh, anyways, I was wondering why he was aiming the rifle at me, towards me. And, and the next thing I was jumped up in the air and I guess he fired and it hit me above the ankle. And I think it was Bob Burns put a tourniquet on me, and then that's when they, they brought me to the hospital. And I wouldn't tell the police who shot. Why did, why did he aim the gun at you? I guess he was trying to scare me. Who was this guy? That Fitzsimmons. So Gordon Fitzsimmons. Gordon Fitzsimmons. Why didn't you have him charged? I don't know. It's just that... Uh, I figured he wasn't always there. I remember one time he used to try and set uh, fires out in a field. And I remember putting them out and he beat me up for doing it. And he'd try to light them. I was, I think I was always scared of a fire because when we were younger, we'd, we lost a home in a fire. When you were with your parents? Yeah. How old were you about? I got no idea. So I, it, it stayed with me that uh, it was a fire anyway. And I was very scared of fires. Oh, so you were young and then the house caught on fire? I guess so. From the wood stove, maybe? I got no idea. So, did you have to go out? Was it at night time or day or...? I got no idea. I know that we went through a fire somehow, somewhere, and it stuck with me. And, uh, and this is why, with this Gordon, he was setting fire out in the field and I would... I couldn't stand to see a fire and I'd put him out. He was wet... Uh, bags, you know, like uh, potato bags, eh? and uh, anyways, uh, it was, uh, uh, I spent the winter on, in a cast, and I tried to play hockey on the rink in Brook Street, you know, because I loved, I loved skating and hockey, 
but that kind of ruined my hockey because uh, for three years I had a lot of trouble with my ankle. So, so you think the guy was just trying to scare you? He was just trying to scare me. So that's and why it, you and it, it went bad, you know. Like he was quite frightened. I could tell, you know. He was shaking all over. So he what? He did realize what he did wrong. Well, he sure did. And no one else told on him. No. Well, I remember the article was in the North Bay Nugget, and it was my. Oh, had your name in there? Yeah. Did you have a copy of that article? Uh, either my mother or my uh, aunt, one of my aunts. They come to see me after this happened, and then I didn't see her again. You know, but they showed me the article, and I remember reading the article in the in the North Bay. What year was this? Because this could be in their archives. Oh yeah. Well, it was like about forty, forty-five. How old were you? I was twelve. Twelve years old, and you were shot. Yeah. So after the Burns, after the Burns house, where did where else did you go to? Well, from there, um, I was moved out to the uh, Corbeil or Calder Corbeil. It's just a little place on the country road to Japanese, uh, you know, like. Felix and, and Eugenie, that was your mother's uh, grandparents. Did you not live in any foster homes in Sudbury? No, but uh, my parents, for some reason, uh, for a while we had visited Sudbury. I can remember visiting Sudbury. Uh, and because uh, I, I got hit by a car when I was probably about four or five. You were four or five and you were walking on the road? No, I was sliding down the hill on the sleigh. Um, I'd say the Mountain Street area. Oh, in Sudbury? In when Sudbury. you were with your parents visiting yeah. someone? Yeah. And you were sliding down the hill on mountain near Mountain Street? I think uh, it seems to me that's the area that, because one of my aunts told me later on and that's where they have to be visiting a sister or an uncle or something. I found this out later. I didn't know that when I was a kid, you know, like we were just visiting and then you had these metal rungs, uh, sleighs, and then you, you steered them with a little handle on the, on the side, you know, like on the front. Yeah. And I remember going down the hill and there was a car coming up. He was on my side, so I, I can, it's clear as anything. Then I swung to the other side. Well, he did at the same time. So then I swung back, and then he did. We kept doing that until I ended up underneath the car. And you, you got hit by the front of the car, or just right underneath the car? I was went right underneath the car. Do you remember getting hit by the car? Oh yeah, I was. My arm was quite sore, and my head was sore. And then when uh, they brought me to the house, it was right there, right close to where I got hit. And the guy brought me in. He was very frightened. And uh, they, I had one of these little leather hats on, and when they lift the flaps, you know, there's a little snap button on the bottom. Yeah. They lift the flaps and put it out, and, and uh, as soon as they took my hat off, blood comes all over my face. From where? From the where I was hitting the top of the head. I was cut right from front to back. 
on your scalp, you were yeah. cut from front your front forehead to the back of your head. Yeah. Was it sliced open or? Yeah, there's three three long cuts, and. Uh, Do you remember the pain or all the blood all over? The pain wasn't too bad on the head. It it was more my arm. That's what I was complaining about. But when they lift my hat off, the blood come down. Two of my aunts passed out right away. frightened when that happened. I bet you I bet you this wasn't I bet you this was not. Is that record wait. Is that record? Yeah. Okay. So what happened when the ants passed out? What was the next thing that they did? Well I know they wrapped my head with something and uh, they brought me to the hospital and uh, I know they shaved my head off and they put a cast on. I had a cast on, you know, like, uh, and uh, there was a big to-do about that, and I can't even remember the, the time that they took the cast off, but it was all bandaged up, you know, like, and, uh, and sewn up, I guess. Must have hit something pretty hard underneath the car, you know. And what about your arm? Was it broken? No, my arm wasn't broken, but it was sore for a long time, and, uh, like, Maybe they just didn't know, like, therapy then, but I kept complaining more about my arm than the cuts I had on my head. So it didn't damage your your head any more than, like, with superficial cuts? Must have been just superficial cuts, you know. But were you fri frightened of cars after that, or? No, I wasn't scared of cars after that. So, and then your parents brought you back home, which was still in Cache Bay, then I Probably, guess. Probably, yeah. Um, you had one story about your grandpa Ch Schultz that I remember you saying. Can you tell me about that? Oh yeah, when uh, he was, he'd sit in a big rocking chair and he'd smoke his pipe and then I guess it'd, it'd go out while he was sitting there and I don't know if he was pretending he was asleep but I would crawl up and take the pipe out of his mouth and, and I'd go running and, uh, and I'd hide with it and then he'd jump up and say, Where's that little Baudry there? And, and you might say my name too, probably Richard, or you know, and uh, he'd scream it, and then of course I'd get all frightened, and I'd, I'd be under the crawl under the bed, and he'd come with a broom, and the broom never seemed to hit me. It just he'd be just get out of there, and he'd be just jabbing it back and forth, and he'd never hit me with it, and I guess it was kind of a game for him, but. It, seemed pretty serious to me that I was really going to get it, but uh, he never did seem to do it. And I'd come out and I'd give him the, the pipe and, and things yeah. like that. So that was a pretty happy time then? That, that, those moments were, and I can remember that. A but moment. I can't, I can't remember my grandmother. That's the strange part. She wasn't busy cooking in the kitchen? Well, I know, uh, when I'd uh, go and see them, and uh, I come with Jeanette, and this is probably before Ernie was born, because I was just—he was only about year one year old when we moved to the shelter. Eh? And uh, 
she was probably giving us a sandwich like all grandmothers would do. Um, before CAS came to your parents' house, your parents weren't there. How long were you alone in the house? I got no idea. I'd, I'd wake up during the night and it was cold and I'd put the fire on, but Lord knows how long anybody was in there. I thought it was maybe three days or something. Oh, I got no idea. I got, you know, like I know I would uh, change, uh, I'd change Ernie at that stage of the game. and He was, what, a year old or eight? Oh, he's just months old by this time, I guess. So he's a couple of months old and, and you well, were taking care of him. Well, he could have been older than that too, you know. And uh, taking care of him and Jeanette and we'd make sandwiches or, or something to eat and if there was nothing there, maybe that's why we'd bundle them up and bring them to the grandparents, you know, because it'd be warmer there and you'd get, and they'd feed you. Or you know. Did you ever think your grandparents were mad at your parents for the way they were? They probably were very mad at them. And that's why both of them left town, maybe? Well. Like that's why when you boy, when you and you were six and Jeanette was four and Uncle Ernie might have been two. Or one. Or yeah. one. Um, that's probably maybe why your father left for Montreal and your mother left for... Well, I don't think at that point he was gone to Montreal yet. He was he was working in the bush. So he might have been working in the bush when this happened? Well, I, I don't know. Oh. It could have been. You know, It was in the wintertime and this is when they work in the bush. Yeah. And it was very difficult for parents to get their kids back then. Oh, yeah. I imagine. Yeah, they were very, very strict in yeah. those times. Yeah, so even if they tried to... And they were probably told not even to come and see us, to disrupt us or something. That's probably what happened. And, and then they couldn't come and see you. Yeah, that's probably what happened. Oh, okay, so uh, anyways, we'll jump ahead to the time that um, you were shot in the leg. Um, so you still continued to play sports. Um, you were playing hockey. What about any other sports and what was your school like? Well, school was okay. I went to, uh, when I was at the shelter, I went to St. Mary's School. And then when I moved over to the other end of the city, see, First Avenue and Castles is close to where the, uh, the shelter was. And that's where uh, Uncle Jack and Janine bought that place at one time. They own that, that same shelter. Okay. As soon as I saw it, the, the building they bought, I, that's where I stayed in the shelter when I was six, you know, till I was 12. Mm -hmm. And then uh, when I moved to the other end of the city, Brook Street, that's the east end of the city, well then I went to uh, St. Joseph's School on, I think it was 2nd Avenue. First or second, I can't remember. Anyways, uh, there was there were all there were sisters that were teaching the school, and you know, some of them were to me they were kind of violent. That was their way of <coughs> disciplining. They sure loved to give me the strap anyway. Well, why did they give you the strap? Because I was probably misbehaving. What would you do? Well, it's not so much of what I do; it's what other kids would say to me, and then the fight was on. What would they say to you? Well, they'd say you know like. Uh, 
please, in regards to your bastard or something like that. Why would we, they call you that? Because they knew I was living at Burns and I didn't have my own parents and things like that. So what did you do to defend yourself? I didn't poke in the mouth. So did you feel pretty good after that? <laughs> well, maybe slowed them up a bit and and uh, but it didn't do me any good because uh, Sister Tarasita, I remember her, that she'd like to give me the strap and then there was this other woman there that was a teacher, Mrs. Corbeil. She wasn't a uh, sister, but I remember one time she was trying to give me a strap I pulled my hand back and she hit her, her leg and she had a welt about a quarter of an inch high. <laughs> I couldn't help but laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing, I wasn't, you know, like I was about 12 years old. Well, I was 12 there, you know. So you, you knew at a young age how to defend yourself? Well, I don't know. It, uh, Against other kids? Yeah, well, there was always a, a skirmish or a schmozzle or something going on, you know. But then there was other kids that were pretty good too, that they knew that I might have been going through a hard time, or maybe they were told by their parents, and some of them were nice to me, you know. So what did you feel um, your schooling was like? Did you try to excel? I always used to try and get better marks than the other kids. And why did you want to do that? I figured I'd get a better job when I when I get out of school. So how high were your marks even from age 12 and up? Well, I'd say I was 75-80%. And when would that be? All through your school years until I... No, it wasn't like that because I was in Corbeil. Uh, even if I had a good mark, the teacher wouldn't give me a good mark. Why was that? She just had something against me. I don't know what it was. And uh, like even when I was in that school, that's the first taste of French I had. And, and there was a writing contest and the kids voted mine better and she made all the kids change their mind. So where were you living when this happened? I was at Grandma's, Great Grandma Dupuis. What did you call her? I just call her Grandma because uh, your old mother called her Grandma and I thought that was a good name. <laughs> so what did Grandma Dupuis do when this happened? Well, she, um, well the, the teacher, um, when there was a kind of a skirmish took place, there was some other kids giving me a rough time and got into a fight again. And so she expelled me. And I think that was one of the best moves that ever happened because then I went to school in calendar. But Grandma, she just put on her coat and down the road she went the two miles to school and she had it out with this teacher, you know. Did she walk those two miles? Oh, she walked there and she walked back. Did you walk with her? No, she went on her own. And she just gave the other teacher Oh, yeah, because she time. was a teacher herself at one time. Right? Oh, okay. Grandma. We'll talk about her too. Um, so she went and told that teacher off, and oh yeah, that uh, she wasn't doing right, and why wasn't the other kid expelled? He's the one that caused it, you know, and because they had they had their parents, and I didn't, or something, you know. Like Lord knows what she said, but I think she gave her a good earful. Can you imagine what she'd be feeling like after the two mile walk there to tell her? Eh? Oh, she'd be pretty angry, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. So, um, after the Burns, is that when you moved into Felix and Eugenie Dupuis' house? Yes. And where was their house? 
It was about a mile and a half or a little more from Calder on the old Chunk Road going to Bonfield. There's one Road 94.